0: So I was watching this clip from the Graham Norton show uh, about this comedian who I really like, Greg Davies. Greg Davies is this big dude. He's like six foot four, 250 big guy, right? Uh, And he hosts this show that I like, Taskmaster. But anyway, so he's, he's on the show and he's talking about this horrible thing. Before he was a comedian, he used to be a teacher. School for the Deaf in a town called Slough in England when he was younger when he was back in being a teacher he like went home for a weekend and while he went home his mother had done his laundry and he went out uh, and got like really 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 drunk one night and decided to go for a cur in england they go for curries that's like they're like you know we go to diners with burgers they go for a curry right he's like i went i got a curry and like the next day like i got up and i like went to work or whatever it is and he's like while he's at work he felt his stomach rumbling and he goes to the ba- he goes to the bathroom like on his break and he's just like, holy Mary, Mother of God. it is just everywhere it's, it's like a Jackson Pollock. he's just letting loose like all of the alcohol, all of the curry and he's realizing that he pulled his pants down and he's wearing his mother's underpants because <laughs> she did her his laundry and it got mixed in and so he's just like, oh oh you you're you're Gross! You're all ho- oh, you horrible. This is the lowest of loads. All oh, your mother's knickers. What's wrong with you? Oh, this is disgusting. This is horrible. And it's just coming out. It's coming out. It's coming out. And and so he he's he's like he's whatever. So he cleans himself up, and he's got because he got to get to class. He cleans himself up. He pulls back his mother's underwear and closes his pants. And he walks into class. One of the kids in his class who was deaf. uh He had a microphone around his neck so the kid can hear him and it was on the whole fucking time. (laughs) And so he walks into the classroom and the kid's just like What's up, everybody? Welcome to the All Things MSP Podcast. I am your host, Justin Escar. And with me always is my good friend, host and producer, Mr. Eric Anthony. Eric is in his home office and I am in my dining room because For anyone who's paying attention and listening to this in chronological order, you know that I just moved and they are supposed to be working on the floors today. They're not. Uh, And so I moved my entire office to the dining room table. And since we don't actually have a kitchen table or kitchen chairs, and now the dining room table is my office, my daughter and I have just been eating on the floor for the last couple of days. (laughs) But it's fun picnic times. Uh, It's summer. You take picnics. Speaking of summer, uh, great topic that's come up today is hiring your first employee. And the reason I'm tying this to summer, because a lot of you are going, what are you going on about, Justin? Uh, it's summer. You want to take vacation. And if you want to take vacation, you need someone to work for you. And that's how I got to the, hiring your first employee. See, I'm not crazy. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no. Uh, very relevant. It was good, right? It was good. Um, so I remember when I, when I first hired my first employee, um, I was super excited. And I did literally everything wrong. <laughs> um, my first employee I hired, I, I hired someone who I thought I could just hundred percent train. I was like, I was like, you're gonna be a lap dog, you're gonna follow me around like a lost puppy for weeks, and then and then I'm gonna let you off on your own. And the problem was the information I was giving him was just bouncing off, it wasn't sticking and i i had decided made the decision to let him go and i knew it was the right decision to let him go because the day i let him go i said hey before you leave the last thing i need to see is i want to make sure you delete all of our client data from your remote desktop application and he said how do i do that and i was like this is this is why i'm letting you go um and i've since hired other people um move things along so i think there's a good process we can talk about here uh, on, on how to make these things work and how to get these things uh, going the right way. I keep looking at the window over there. I apologize for anyone who's watching on YouTube. The Verizon crew is here and they're uh, digging the trenches for Fios. And every time a truck drives by, because I have ADHD squirrel, I always just kind of look out the window because I see a white band.
1: Well, and hopefully um, this is not going to turn into a solo episode because of what they're doing outside.
0: No, oh no, they're just digging the trenches. They're not, they're not actually hooking anything up. So we'll see what happens.
1: But digging can be bad. Um, So I think one of the things that we should probably talk about at the very onset here, because you obviously went straight to technician, right? Yeah. If we're talking about hiring your first employee, I know there's been articles written. I think I've written an article on this, whether your first hire should be an admin or should be a technician. What's your opinion?
0: Um. I mean, I think that really comes down to like how much work you're doing, right? Um, I don't know if necessary. Man, I'm still in that. I'm still. I have. I have six employees, and I'm still deciding what to do, right? Because, like, do we hire another technician to help load, you know, lighten the load for my work? Do we hire an admin and offload different types of work? I think it really comes down to the kind of work you want to offload. I also truly believe in the person you should be hiring should be the person who's doing what you can't do, or, or someone who can do something you can do, but better, right? Um, especially, you know, as a solopreneur, many of us are doing, I mean, we have to, we're doing the technical part, we're doing the marketing, we're doing the sales, we're doing the finance, we're doing the tickets, we're doing whatever. If you're not good in one of those avenues, that's the person you should be hiring to help Boost the company as a whole and build a better foundation for you, right? So if you're you're like, I got the tech and my problem isn't tech. My problem is I need someone to really like respond to my emails for me in a timely manner because I'm swamped with tech. Yes, hire an admin. If you're good at tech, because I'm assuming everyone here is good at tech. That's why they started an MSP in the first place. If you're good at tech and you have too many clients and you can't handle it, hire another tech you know um if you're like, I need more clients, hire someone to do some marketing so I think that i I think the rule whether it's the first employee or the fiftieth employee should always be fill the void of what you or not what you can't well fill the void of something you can't do, but also fill what someone can do better than you because You're only one person and you should be focusing on the one or two things that you're really, really good at.
1: Right. Or less expensively than you.
0: Yeah, because if your hourly is like 175 and it's taking you five hours to put together a social post, that's whatever it is, 700 and change. There's someone who can do it, who can do that same social post in one hour or two hours and they probably charge, even if they charge 175, that's still cheaper than you. And that way you can technically, the only problem I have with that, I I, I love when people like, outsource so you can get your time back. Many of us will outsource and then not do anything to recover that time. Like you can't go and have someone do something for you because it's cheaper than you doing it. And then you like go watch Netflix. Like the point is for you to be doing something else at that time. And I've had that before. I had a, a virtual assistant in India for a while back in i don't know the early 2010s and i was like hey i need research done on um, it was like some type of special scan like a 14 by 17 scanner or whatever it was and i was like here's the specs i'm looking for make me a table with model make license or license type website whatever it is and it took him three hours at like 15 dollars an hour i actually did bill out three hours at the same time, right? So yep. I made my money back because I wouldn't have been able to build those three hours if I was doing the research, so that works. But if I was like, hey, do this work for me, and I spent, you know, even 45 bucks, and in those three hours I sat back and like, you know, had a party. Right, that's it only matters. spending $45,
1: <laughs> yeah. It only matters if you actually are making up that money while right. somebody else is doing the less expensive task. Absolutely, so. Um, I think admins are easier to hire because there's more of them out there. There's more good trained admins out there. Um, By the way, my first hires were always admins because I was always, I always preferred the technical work. And I also think that from a technical aspect, if I have somebody else doing the admin work, I have more time to spend with a new technician hire.
0: Um, that's so also like, true. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like yeah. that.
1: Yeah. So I guess the next question then is because admins we can find. Where do you find entry-level techs? Uh
0: I have found all of our employees with them for the most part on LinkedIn, actually. Um, we've been really good with that. Now, now remember, as an Apple consultant, it's really easy for me to weed people out because the second somebody's like, I'm good at math. Capital MAC out <laughs> like that's not how you spell it. That's yes, that is Mac for Mac address, right? Capital MAC. But like, if you're like, I know Mac OS uh, with a capital MAC. No, you don't. So I I can weed those people out really really well. Uh, I you know it's funny because like with the exception of my team now, right? Which uh most of which came from acquisitions um my 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 director of technology came from linkedin and you know i put him through i, I honestly i put him through the ringer in the very beginner beginning cuz i was like this is the deal we're going to do and we're closing a new client in a month and that's going to be your sweetheart deal if you stick around and i like tried him out one of my best employees actually came from the bagel store like i'm not even kidding like he he was young he was eager but the reason he was so good was he it was his attitude more than anything else right because he wasn't someone who was like i've worked for six weeks i should be ceo right he wanted to learn he was willing to learn and so i put him through an apprenticeship he just shadowed me for like two months before i even let him touch a single thing and so that worked really really well but that was also pre-COVID, right? Where we were going on site a lot. Um, And so like, sure, I bought him lunch, you know, almost every day or whatever it is, because I felt it was my, you know, it's my due diligence or whatever it is for making, you know, making him schlep into the city or whatever. But he ended up being one of our, one of our greatest sex and he excelled really well. And he was going to clients on his own within the first three months. It was perfect. Now it's a little bit tougher, especially with COVID because you can't have people shadow you on Zoom. That's weird. Um, mainly because you spend most of your time when you're working from home, you know, you work for five minutes, you answer a couple things and then you go make a sandwich or you go, you know, build more chairs or you build a desk or do, you know, whatever it is. Whoever's on Zoom with you, if they're young, like they're not gonna, they're not gonna know what to do in that downtime. So I think shadowing is tough. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, LinkedIn. But you need to know the criteria of which that you're going to what you're hiring for and know how to like eliminate people fast. Right. Like when I mean, you post a job, you're going to get 300 resumes in seven hours. Cut that down to like 20. Easy.
1: Yeah. You you have to have a good job description. It has to give you criteria by which to measure everybody by. And then yeah. you also have to look at, okay somebody is going to give me this level or this level or this level, one, two, three, or four or five, whatever on a scale. How do I score them against each other? Right. Cause they may all be qualified, but what are your scoring criteria to make one better than another?
0: Yeah. Well, I I've heard this theory before of like doing like a weighted average to make everybody, you know, to see what it is on a level playing field. For me, it's, for me, personality goes a long way. You know, Mac people are maybe really pirates kind of BS, and so I think I think that goes a long way. I will have now when we our our last two actual hires prior to acquisitions. They went through a process where they talked to our director of technology, Luke. They talked to our president, Lauren, before they even talked to me, um, and then when they got to me, because I, I wanted to get them through. Do they do they understand the tech? That's what Lou was going with. Are they personable? Can they understand people skills? That's what Lauren went through. And then when it was my turn, I got to ask the like the fluffy questions, like you know. I, and I always ask, um, I I asked a couple of like the, these questions. So one is, uh, all right, you're working for me. I mean, everyone knows this one because it's been all over Reddit, but I, I still ask this one. Uh, you're working for me. It's a Friday at five o'clock. One of our clients calls and says, Hey, you know, I, Eric, I'm, I, I need to print this keynote presentation because i'm leaving to go to the airport in five minutes and i want to mark it up with my favorite red pen it's not printing what do you do and there's no wrong answer right there is a technical answer and there is a consultative answer in my opinion right the technical answer is check the usb cable is it you know is it on the network does it have ink is it print you know whatever the consultative answer is solving the person's problem find a way to print it for him get it to him before he gets on the plane some way shape or form hilariously my that employee who was talking about earlier from the bagel store um i needed to print a ups label and i had made some like random comment in our team slack that i was i had run out of ink and i needed to order more ink for my printer and he goes send me the label and i was like what he's like send me the label i'll take care of it for you and so he called his friend who works at the bagel store they printed the ups label and they had one of their delivery guys bring me the label because he used what he learned right solve the person's problem right so there's that one. I asked also, like, um, uh, if you could have dinner with anyone alive or dead, who would you have it with and why? Um, and then there was a third question I had, which I can't remember what the what the question was. It was something to do with, like, networking and cabling. Um, but the, the point here is I want to learn about the person because if their personality doesn't mesh with us, it doesn't work. We had an employee for a while whose personality didn't mesh, came from a friend of a friend. He was too lax for us. Like he went to a client and there was something going on. And then he noticed that like under their desk, there was like a, a crow's nest of Ethernet cable. And he, and he literally put into our Slack, this is somebody else's problem. And I'm like, no, it's not. You're there. It's your problem. And that was the last straw. And so I went to go, when I went to go, let him go. I took the hit, right? Because we hired him right before I had a child. We hired him right before ACES. It was bad timing. I couldn't train him. And so I said to him, I said, listen, you know, this is my fault. I didn't train you. You know, but like, you're not really doing great. I got to let you go. And he just went, okay. And I was like, at that moment, I knew he did not care enough to be a person who works for me. Um, Because when you run a small business, you want everyone to care about the business, right? right? And I know it's hard. I know it's hard to think about that. Like, why would they care about your business? You know, they just, they're in it for paycheck. But when you're like a two, three person shop, if your team doesn't care about the business as a whole, uh, they're not going to be a good a good team member. Yeah. So I think all of that adds up to, to how to get to somebody.
1: Yeah. Culture fit, majorly important in what we do, uh, because yeah. not only do they need to be a culture fit for our organization, they need to be a culture fit for our clients as well. Yeah. So, yep, so sure. that's a big one. Um, Last couple of minutes, what um, what are some of your tips, tricks, whatever, for actually onboarding new employees?
0: <laughs> uh, know what you want to get out of them. But onboarding employees. So the problem that we have is like, one, you have to know your business, your business inside and out, and you have to know every tool you have, because inevitably what we find now, especially as, as we're getting bigger is we go, hey, you know, Eric, go log into that Meraki and then and then you come back, and you go, what Meraki? We realize that like we forgot to invite you to the Meraki portal, you know, and you've been working with us for a year. You just never had to log into it. Right. So have your make a list. Make like when we say onboard list, like literally make a list, whether it's in your project management software or whatever, where you're keeping track of all the things you have employees that log into. On the Apple side, it's really tough because we have Apple business manager accounts for every individual client. We have like 50 or 60 business manager accounts. Anytime we hire a new employee, they have to be enrolled into all of them. So it's kind of a pain in the ass. But like, it solves the problem of when it's Friday at 5 o'clock and the CEO calls and no one's around but that employee and he wants an app pushed to his iPad. Yep. you know, And they can log in. So have that entire list. Make it company-wide accessible. Make it iterative. Check up on it every three months, even if you're not hiring. Definitely check up on it before you hire somebody. Um, and then and then all the other fun stuff that goes with it. So like uh, anyone who starts with virtual, we send them a virtual hoodie and a copy of the Phoenix Project. I know we talked about this in the last episode or two episodes ago. Um, things like that. Make them feel welcome, part of the team. And that should be on your onboarding list as well right like this onboarding checklist should be like get them in your peo software get them set up with uh you know the company credit card get them into all of your software get them into get them a computer get them logged in get them into slack get them into teams get them into this send send a and i keep saying him i mean them sorry get them into all of these software get them a hoodie get them a copy of the phoenix project get them this get them the training that they need you know show them the ropes explain to them what what you expect of them in the first three, six, nine, twelve 12 months for us, you have to get certified. So within six months yeah. of working, you need to have passed at least half of those tests or show us that you're like working on it. Otherwise psh, you gotta go. So make all of that clear and concise and you tell that person before they even start, these are expectations. And then on day one, you reiterate those expectations.
1: Yep. Awesome. Well, I think those are really great. I mean, documenting the process, right? Making sure they have access to everything they need access to, um, and then setting expectations. You know, you know, I'm really big on yeah. setting expectations, and so making sure that those are spelled out in the hiring process and on day one are really important. Uh, so, Justin, thanks for all of that insight, and uh, I guess you can you can
0: wrap us up. Let's wrap it up, folks. Follow us on all your favorite podcasts and hang on over, head over to youtube.com slash at MSP to check out what this video looks like and what it looks like for me in my dining room, not in my show shirt with all this furniture stuff behind me. Uh, follow us at facebook.com slash groups slash MSP. That's where all of our to-dos are happening. That's where you can catch up on the podcast, uh, past podcast episodes. You can check out Eric's live streams, which happen every Wednesday. I think it's 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, and other content that's coming out through the All Things MSP. If you want to be a guest on our show, please come for MSP Therapy. It's uh, atmsp.link podcast. And we will see you all next time. Bye.
1: And now that you've watched that mess of a podcast, don't forget to watch one of these and go ahead and click that subscribe button so you get to watch more. Yeah. Just go ahead and do it. Click the button and then watch one of the other videos. I'm watching.